for the Christmas, you could be my elf any day of the week. It'd be absolutely brilliant. I'm so thankful and thanks for the gift uh, to our staff um, and to our teams. Thank you so much. I'm so blessed. Um, this year has been an incredible year for all our churches and not just our churches, but all the churches around Australia and around Victoria. You know, our Victory Church, which is in Bendigo, uh, I'll just give you some snippets. You know, last week gave out 750 hampers to our community. Isn't that fantastic? And uh, they're so impacting the community. They had schools come and help them. And next year, uh, they're, they're planning for a thousand. There's such a great need in our communities. And, you know, you just don't know that one act of kindness could just open up a door which could touch someone's heart. In Wangaratta, the church there is just a small church of about 40 people, but on Friday night had a community dinner where some of the MPs came and the newspaper came and took photos. They had a hundred; they fed 170 people that actually come every single Friday night and engage with that church. And it's all about giving, isn't that absolutely awesome? Our Box Hill Church last Sunday, which is usually traditionally our Christmas services, again a small church, uh, last Sunday had 120 people in what they did as a cafe Christmas and I had the opportunity to speak to so many people that have never been in church before and was just so thrilled uh, to see what's happening there. Our Alexandra Church uh, connects with uh, all the churches of that community come together and have a Christmas service. And I think that's a great thing to do when there's unity in our community, worshipping Jesus Christ. And I'm so thankful for what God is doing in this centre and uh, just seeing the influence and the incredible impact of uh, the influence of this church. So thank you so much. This morning there's so many things that you could say about Christmas. And the title of my message this morning is The Christ in Christmas. I'm not going to speak for very long, but I just want to share some thoughts. And, and you know, there are so many things that we could talk about, about the message of Christ. And today I just want to share a few thoughts that uh, I guess have uh, impacted and have come to my mind uh, through an experience that I had two weeks ago in Singapore. It was great to travel with Gene. And Gene, I'm just going to get you to stand. He's a great young man in our church. Would you give him a big, big hand? You can turn around and let everybody see you. Uh, and, uh, you know, the church over there absolutely loved him. They made him an honorarium uh, Asian uh, because he, I don't know if you've ever eaten durin, which is this fruit uh, which, which has this terrible smell. Um, and usually when you eat it, you've got to block your nose while you eat it. It does have a, a great taste. And not many uh, people try it, but Gene did. And so they, they made him a member of uh, the Asian community over there. And, and that opened up a door to also find a wife over, them, over there for him, which we are working on. <clears throat> but if there are ladies here and you're single, you know, we, you know, we will look at that also. So we were in Singapore a couple of weeks ago, invited by this church to do what they call a family camp. And um, they're, they're, they're really unusual. When they talk about camping, it's not the camping we think of. Uh, the Australian camping is not something that my heart is drawn to. Uh, it is not something that I want to do. I like the way the Singaporeans do camping uh, because they take you over the border to Malaysia and they take you to these, like, I don't think they're even five-star. I think they're seven-star resorts. It's like a conference, and um, it's fantastic. The food is incredible. By the way, 
I, Gene, you might have a thin body, but boy, you eat like a horse. It's absolutely incredible. He ate so much food. He just kept devouring it. And um, we had some great meetings, but one of the highlights for me was to actually, when we had breakfast, the lunch and the teas, not because of the food, even though the food was incredible, but I, I kept sitting uh, next to these people that began to tell me their stories, and I was shocked at some of the stories I heard. And, you know, I don't know why this happened to me, but I kept sitting uh, or, or sitting at tables with these guys that were ex-gamblers and uh, not knowing that the church actually had this incredible program that reaches out to ex-gamblers, people that have incredible addictions, lifetime addictions that have literally destroyed their lives. Uh, many of them were telling me we've lost homes, we've lost cars, but more than that, we've lost families, we've lost wives, we've lost children. And as I heard their story, looking at them, my heart went out to them. And let me just, just in a moment, I'm going to show you a photo. I ran into so many of them. I said to the pastor, your church is full of crooks. You know, there, there was, these guys had been in jail. They had, they had been people that were still today, some of them chased by their debtors. And, uh, you know, at the camp on the last night, I really felt to get them up and, you know, out of the 120, 150, because the church is about 600 people, there's, they have three different congregations. We were speaking to the English congregation. So out of that group, look, look at this photo. Can I have this photo up if we can get it up? The, the, there was 13 of them just at that camp who were all ex-gamblers but have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And that habit has been incredibly broken and so I just got them up and I, I just got the church just to cheer them and you know I, I had the opportunity to actually um, connect with every single one of them and and literally your heart gets ripped out not only when you just listen to them but then I got the opportunity to talk to their wives and I got to talk to a mum and dad can I have the next photo up because I got some of the wives up some of them have lost their wives some of them because of the addictions uh, that, that they suffered with and, and what the turmoil that they had in the families. The wife just said, I can't take this anymore and left. One particular young man, his name's Anthony, he was an air hostess. Was, uh, is that what you call him? An air, a flight steward. I've got a, my wife's got the po political correctness over there. She's a flight steward and, um, and uh, you know, he used to travel and every, in every place he used to go he had major gambling decks and his wife said I just can't do this anymore and uh, but you know the amazing thing is that some of these women and when we were praying for them they just began to I'm, I'm not talking about weeping they were sobbing because of the pain and the things that they've had to work through thank God for the faithfulness of people that stand with you sometimes through difficult times and and in this picture here uh, if you see the gentleman at the end there and uh, the, the the third person in uh, their husband and wife and um they actually come from a uh, Buddhist background. And they said, because of the change that we have seen in our son, our son has been through so many disciplinary programs, our son has been through so many things, um, but nothing, nothing, none of them changed their life until he came to Jesus Christ. And Jesus has changed his life. And they have come to Christ themselves. Isn't that great? God is a generational God. Would you give God a big hand of praise? And, and, as, I, and as I sat with these, these gentlemen who, who, to me, I, I had so much admiration for, 
because of the struggles. And you know, you might be struggling yourself today. You might be going through this incredible battle. But God is good and he is faithful. And if you turn to him, he will answer your prayer. And I sat with a few of them. I said, what is it that changed your life? What actually is it that changed your life? What, what was the process? And they said, you know, we came to this church. This church has got a gambling program. We've been, many of them said we'd been to so many other ones. Many of them have a disciplinary component. Many of them have these, these processes that you have to go through. Uh, many of them um, ha- have these, these things in their programs that try to avoid the, the, the pitfalls. And all those things are good. But when we came to this church, they said, you are powerless. There's nothing you can do to change your life unless you turn to a higher power, and that power is Jesus Christ. And, you know, and the three things that they needed, they said these are the three things that we needed. We needed hope. You know, sometimes there, there are situations we face ourselves in that all the odds are against us. I don't know if you've ever been in situations where all the odds are against you. But our God is a great God. He is the God of the impossible. His hope does not bring disappointment. Do you know in Isaiah 32, 27, it says this, that I am the Lord of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? And friends, when we put our hope and trust in Jesus Christ, we do get the answers that we cry out for because he is able to break the strongest bondage that there is. They said we need hope. We needed hope and Jesus gave us that hope. The second thing is we needed help. We came to a church, we came to a saviour that did not condemn us. They said, you know, with what we do, the condemnation and the failure of our life, the financial debts, the destruction of relationship brings incredible condemnation. But when you're going through these addictions, you don't need condemnation, you need help. And thank God for Jesus Christ. In John 3.17, it says that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but he came to save us. He came to help us. This is the message of Christmas, that in him we have hope. He is our help. And friends, I don't know, maybe you're going through a tough time and maybe your friends and your family, all they're doing is they're giving you condemnation. Maybe they're just pouring out the guilt of the the shame and the stuff that comes with the stuff that you've had to walk through. But thank God for Jesus because he today does not condemn you. He does not bring the shame. He does not bring your past up. But what he does is he brings you help, the highest help that there is, his own heart. And the third thing, as they said, we needed healing. Do you know, they said gambling is only a symptom. And so many of us, you know, we, we have doctors and thank God for doctors and thank God for psychologists and thank God for, for psychologists. But, you know, sometimes we just deal with the symptoms. Thank God that when Jesus heals us, he doesn't deal with the symptoms, but he deals with the core issues of the heart. And they said, what changed our life? is that in Jesus Christ, we found hope, we found help, and we found healing. And friends, this is 
the message of our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who was born in a manger, who came as a man, who came and dwelt amongst us that, so that he and you could know and we could know that he is not just one who sits up in heaven and judges us and condemns us, but he is the one and he's come and his message is one of hope. His message is one of helping us. His message is one of healing. You know, this Christmas, many of us will sit around family tables. And just for a moment, can I draw your attention? I I thank God for the work of Jesus Christ, but we have a work to do also. And if you're a Christian here today, we carry that same message. The message we should carry is the message of hope. The message we should carry is the message of help. The message we should carry is the message that we look beyond the symptoms and turn people to the healing power of Jesus Christ. But all of us in some forum, this, the next couple of days, we'll sit around tables. There'll be feasting tables. This year it's a rescue Christmas and it's an Italian Christmas. You know, the turkey's fantastic and thank God for the turkey. Who likes turkey? And who likes the ham? You know, my wife does this incredible ham. But you know, the Italians, you can't have a meal without pasta. You've got to have pasta. Can somebody give me an amen to that? Listen, thank God for the ham. Thank God for the turkey. But you know, the real food of heaven is lasagna and ravioli. Come on. Who agrees with me? That's what it is. You got, I know you've got to get the sauce right. If you don't get the sauce right, it doesn't work. And I know I've got a couple of Italian mamas and grandmothers over here. Bless you. If my mother and my auntie, who's like my second mother, if they were 20 years younger, I'd buy a restaurant and put them in the kitchen. And I tell you what, they'd make me millions because they know how to make the sauce. Let me tell you that. It's absolutely incredible. But this Christmas, as we're sitting around our tables, please take a moment. And all the stuff that happens around Christmas, please take a moment to do a couple of things. The first one is many of us look, but we don't actually see. It's interesting how there are going to be things that are happening this Christmas that many of us will look and we'll see the surface stuff, but we won't actually see what the heart of Jesus is. I remember a couple of Christmases ago, we were looking for the Christmas tree and I sent Charles, and you will remember this, I don't think I'm going to get a gift again next year after I tell this story, but I sent Charles to look for the Christmas tree and he came back and said, Pastor Nick, I've looked for hours. I've looked up and down. I've looked in every single room. We were there at the RMIT in Greensboro, who remembers the place, and we had quite a few rooms. He said, Pastor, I've looked everywhere. I know we don't have it in our budget, but we're going to have to go buy a new Christmas tree. I said, Charles, before we do that, let me send your wife and Lauren, let me send two ladies, because they won't just look, they'll see. And in about 20 minutes, we found the Christmas tree. Sometimes, friends, we look, but we don't see. And around this Christmas, friends, let me tell you things. There are going to be things that are happening around your table. 
There's going to be things that are happening around your house. There's going to be things that are happening around your families. There's going to be things that maybe you haven't actually seen for a while. Please take the time to not just look, but to see. Do you know, my, my auntie, who, my only auntie that I have left in, in Australia, in Adelaide, she's like my second mother. Actually, I have a picture of her. I don't know if we can, if we can get that picture up just for a second. Her, her name happens to be Nicolina. Uh, you know, if you, you know, if you live in my family, you you get you get one choice. Your name will be Nick. Do you know what I mean? And even the women, and Nicolina. So this is Nicolina, and uh, that's our granddaughter Winnie. And um, do you know, she she's my favourite auntie because she's been like my second mother. We when my parents came to Australia, they were very poor. And so my uncle and auntie bought a house with my parents. They lived together and they used to all do shift work. So she became my mum when my mum was actually on her shift. And there's such a closeness. Actually, her, my cousins, her children are, are my favourite cousins and we're having Christmas with them. But the thing that I love with, about my auntie, she's nearly 87 years old. Um, she still drives. Um, you know, she's had... Uh, heart attack. She's had heart bypass. She's had a nip. Uh, a nip. She's had. <laughs> These are the Christmas bloopers that every pastor wants to wipe out. I was going to say hip and knee, and it came out nip. There you go. <laughs> no, no, I ain't even going there. She's had knee replacements. Um, she's had her other parts of her body <laughs> removed. She's nearly going blind and she still drives. Mind you, she drives like this. <laughs> and I say to her, Auntie, please be careful on the road. She goes, Why? I've never ever caused an accident. I said, I know you've never caused an accident. You've, she said, I've never, ever been in an accident. I said, I know you've never been in an accident, but I don't know how many you've caused. I think you've caused quite a few. But the thing that I love about her is she's got this incredible ability to see. Unbelievable ability to see. Where most of us around Christmas time, we're getting, we just get in our own world and what we want. Still to this day, whenever I go to her place, She's got this unbelievable ability to see. She's made sure that everybody's got a plate. She makes sure that everybody's got food and enough food. She makes sure that your, your, your glass is full. Do you have the right drink? She makes sure that you've got a, a comfortable seat. And, and what, you know, she portrays to me is this incredible spirit of selflessness. Friends, let me say this Christmas, don't just indulge in yourself, but please don't just look, see and see what somebody may be needs in their life. Here's the, th here's the second thing. Don't just hear, listen. Do you know, this world is full of noise. And Christmas is full of noise. There's so many things happening. Sometimes there's Christmas carols playing in the background. Sometimes there's kids running around and, and it's joyful noise. Sometimes there's kids crying. And sometimes we will be in conversations. Let me just say this to you. I don't know why, but it's interesting that in conversation, sometimes all we do is we actually hear, but we don't listen. 
And if you would be big enough this year to maybe stop for a minute, there will be some conversations that some of you will have this Christmas that you have an opportunity to not just hear but listen the heart and the heartache of somebody that's walking through their own journey. Do you know, um, this week I got, we got back, I don't know where we were. Um, I think I'd picked Meredith up from the airport. She'd just come, flown back from Adelaide. And I went to the letterbox and there was, a, there was some mail, but there was this particular uh, letter and it just had to the owners. And it was handwritten. And it had on the back of it, from your neighbours at the back. I thought, okay. So I opened up the letter and as I began to read, I found myself become defensive. Because she said, you look, I'm your neighbour and there's this, there's this plant that you have. It's a, it's, a, it's a, I hope I say this right, it's a climber, it's, it's, it's like a sucker. And, and it's killed two of our plants and it keeps coming over the top of your fence, and it is, it is a weed, and we keep cutting it back, and we keep having to try to trip it back. You're obviously not aware of it, and if you look in your backyard, we've thrown all the remains in your backyard. Now, how many of you know, as I'm reading this, I'm not only getting defensive, but I'm ready, my, my, I'm ready to put on my judge's suit, and I'm ready to go to meet my neighbour and love is not the highest priority in my thoughts and as I read on I think she was trying to make me not just hear but to listen because I think she knew anybody would be upset with the tone of this letter But as I read on, she said, it's been a very tough year for us. We lost our son. Our son has died. And my husband has been physically so unwell that he can't help me. Something changed. All of a sudden, I didn't just hear her voice. I was listening to her voice. The problem we have today, friends, is that Sometimes we hear the problem, but we don't listen to the pain. We live in a world that is full of pain. Sometimes all we do, we hear with our head and we hear the problem. But we never listen to the heartbeat and the pain that comes from the heart. So when I, I was very humbled... And when I went to knock on her door, she saw me. She's a lady in her 70s. My heart went out to her and I said, look, I'm not here to contend with you, but to just say, I'm so sorry. And I'm not just sorry for the plant, but I'm sorry that you lost your son. Do you know, she opened, she said, please come inside. Do you know, when people let you in their house, they let you into their heart began to talk with her husband and I said, you know, please, what can I do to compensate? Please don't. She took me out and the, this plant, I, I had any idea how much it had grown over the, the fence. It was huge. And when Chris comes back from holiday, 
I'm going to get him over. I'm going to hack that plant. We're going to absolutely hack it. And I hope I can get a few of you to come and help me to help her and her husband. And, you know, I said, I'm so sorry. What can I do? She goes, you know, it's been a tough year. Isn't it amazing how God sets things up? It wasn't about the plant. It wasn't about that at all. I said, do you like reading? She said, yes, I do. I said, my wife is an author. Can I get her to come and bring you some books? And then Meredith went over and this afternoon I hope to just drop something off to them in the letterbox and maybe alleviate some of their pain. The Christ of Christmas. When we remove him out of Christmas, all we got is a mass. Got a mass of food, got a mass of gifts, got a mass of noise, got a mass of indulgence, and we've got a mass of pain and headaches. But thank God for Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the world. He is the help that we all need and is the healer of our soul. Luke chapter 2 verse 7 says this, And Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son, Jesus. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I wonder if Christmas and our life is becoming so busy that our hearts have no room for him. I wonder if today and in today's world and in our families at this Christmas time, where with all the mass that's happening, we ourselves leave little room for Jesus himself. And I wonder today if in your heart you would just take a moment and see what room does Jesus have in your heart. Have you given him the centerpiece of your heart or have you pushed him aside in some little manger and given him just a little room? In a moment, we're going to sing, O come, let us adore him. I just wonder if we could all stand in honor of Jesus Christ and not just what he's done, but because of who he is. I want to read to you out of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. This is what the Bible says. And guys, if we can just get ready to sing this song, I want us just to worship. And during our worship time, I just wonder if you could do a couple of things. This morning, I just wonder, you might be hurting. You might be facing incredible odds, impossibilities, things that seem so impossible in the natural. But I want to tell you today to turn to Jesus. He is the hope of the world. Today, you might need help. Let me tell you today, He doesn't condemn you because of maybe some of your failings or shortcomings. But today, He wants to save you out of that situation. Today, you might need healing. And He is here to heal you. You might today be anxious about Christmas, about some of the relationships, just like Pastor Charles said, maybe there are conflicting relationships and you don't know what to do. And maybe today God wants you to not just 
look, but he wants you to see. doesn't want you just to hear, but to listen and allow God room to make a miracle. For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the time, from this time on and forevermore. Come on, would you lift your hands and would you worship Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Come, let us adore Him.